the physical benefits are actually quite profound. And I think one thing that I've learned is that a good sound yoga practice is kind of centered around the foundation of fitness. I call them the pillars of fitness. It's strength, balance, stamina, flexibility, you're moving with your breath. So the benefits of a physical practice really kind of teach you about your body and teach you about how much can you endure and knowing that the place that you endure your challenges is really more about where your mind is. Welcome to Guys Talking Yoga, a podcast created to help get other men into the practice of yoga by sharing its many benefits. I'm your host, Derek Vandewalker, and today's guest is Dave Johnson. Dave's a yoga teacher and studio owner with his wife, Marissa, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you know, as an active athlete, Dave was used to the pace and the pulse of playing competitive sports and doing a lot of crazy workouts like long-distance races, triathlons, CrossFit, and cycling. Like a lot of us guys, he loved the adrenaline pump and the opportunity to push himself. However, in 2013, while attending his first yoga class while vacationing with Marissa in Mexico, Dave felt a connection and awareness in his body that he had never experienced before. So by the time that Shavasana finally ended, he was totally hooked. My first experience with yoga was on the beach in Mexico with my family and my wife informed me that we were going to all do family yoga in a palapa down by the beach. And up to that point, I had always been itching to do an asana style practice and what what a, what a great place to do it on the beach in Tulum. So there I was in the sunshine, listening to the waves. The instructor had this beautiful Mexican accent and incredible English. And for an hour and a half, I was just taken to another place. And so it was incredibly invigorating because it was challenging. And as a guy, I like to be physically challenged. But there was something a little different. And the little different part is when we finally hit the mat and we were in Shavasana. So, you know, all of my senses were peeking out and my breath was feeling really fluid and flowing deep. And my mind was just there. I wasn't worried about what was to come or what we were doing or all the things that brought me up to that point. I was just present. And at that time, I had no idea what the benefits or the goals or any of the the practice had to offer, but I knew that I was in this like beautiful, euphoric state of bliss. And after that class, I was the last to leave my mat, and I think I shed a couple tears because there was something that kind of cracked open inside me. And I thanked my wife, and I gave her a big hug and a kiss, and I said, that was the best thing I've ever done. And so that started this incredible snowball effect of what became my practice. And I I have a tendency to be a little obsessive compulsive about things that grab my attention. And so as soon as we got back from that vacation, I set up a mat in my garage and I started YouTubing all of the types of practices that I could get into and behold, you know, the world of yoga. And so that was really the, my entrance into the practice and it's just been evolving ever since. Yeah. So there's just two things that jump out to me in just hearing that origin story with yoga. Number one is just like how quickly you were taken by the practice with the first time, right? What do you think about it connected with you at that time in your life and perhaps what your wife was thinking, what you needed? Like, 
Any idea like why it just all of a sudden connected with you then? I mean, it sounds like your body and soul was just waiting for that moment. Yeah, that's a fantastic point, Derek. I feel that the reason it was so impactful for me because I'm a guy and I had been dabbling in all kinds of sports, triathloning, marathoning, trail running, ultra running, CrossFit. And I felt like I was seeking some sort of endorphin pump. And that endorphin pump came in a real subtle way. And what that was about is like, although the, the poses were were challenging, you know, a warrior postures and lunging and push-ups and down dog and squatting and all of these things that were like physically challenging, invigorating and, and all forms of movement that I was familiar with. There was something that went a little bit deeper. And I feel like I've always had a good sense of myself and who I am. But one of my instructors that I would eventually go on to learn from gave me a really good analogy of what yoga is. And to me, and I still embody this, and it kind of goes in with the philosophy of the sutras, is that yoga is a practice which empowers one to overcome the obstacles of the mind for the purpose of the self, the capital S, experiencing its own true nature. And so when I said I was in that Shavasana position, it was just bliss. I, I let go of some preconceived notions of what I thought yoga was, how I thought I performed, what I was doing up until that point. And what I mean by that is like we have a tendency, especially guys, to want to excel at something. And I felt that I was in a place where I was not competing and I was not competing against somebody across the floor from me or against myself. And that can be very challenging because we have a tendency to be competitive with one another and ourselves, for sure. Totally. You know, I look back on the early days of doing Bikram, and when I got to Shavasana, I was more of like, thank God I made it. You know, I was like, thank God this 90 minutes of just torture is over. But you were not in a heated room, right? You were outside, is that right? Correct. You know, you got to Shavasana, and you immediately recognize the subtle benefits of being in Shavasana at the end of a class. Like, not only did you have a great class, but you also recognize that that was the most important pose for that experience. So the other thing, so the second thing that sort of took me away and just your origin story is you didn't like go find a yoga studio to start visiting and checking out. Like you just started checking out online on your own. And this was back in 2013. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So like, you know, yoga with Adrienne and all these free yoga classes online, there was very little of that probably back in 2013. And yet you were like, I'm going to do this in my garage. I'm going to figure this out. You already knew that a big part of the, of the results from this practice is really what you feel and know and want to explore. So t tell me a little bit about how that became an option and was going to a studio, not necessarily in the cards at that time. Yeah, that's a great point. And so I felt going back to my observation is that I wasn't competing in that moment. For me to show up to a yoga studio would have been a real gut check for me because, you know, I knew nothing. I wasn't good. I wasn't sure what I was doing. And so I felt like I wanted to gain some knowledge or some familiarity with the physical practice before I could enter myself into that space. And at the time, I did not know any men who were doing yoga. So that was also a limiting factor. I would definitely be a fish out of water in that respect. So 
me trying to deep dive and YouTubing every possible video that I can, I came across some really interesting teachers and all men. Sean Vig was one of them, and he does some really funny stuff. And he's an old opera singer, but he's got a ridiculous physical practice. Yoga with Tim, I believe his last name is Sensi. I saw him doing some postures and some stuff that was like very next level. And it was like getting into arm balancing and getting into handstands and some really fun transitions in and out of poses. And so it just, it immediately synced up with something that I was looking for in the way of a workout, but that would add an element of something a little more unique and something that was a little special. And what I learned that to be was that the practice is centered around how you're breathing. Mm -hmm. Now, I have always had actually some struggles with breathing. I was an asthmatic as a child, a little bit of a deviated septum. So breathing for me was always something that was a little bit labored. And so to be aware of how I breathe, when I breathe, where I breathe, in and out of postures, was a whole new game. And not only was it like a physical game that I felt like physical aspects were good for me, but it was started to, to create what I think the whole goal of yoga is. And, and that's to become aware, aware of what I'm doing, aware of my breathing, aware of how I'm feeling, aware of sensations. And that was a game changer for me. So it wasn't about a workout or it wasn't about a pump or I wasn't chasing some sort of fitness goal. It was me practicing being aware. How am I feeling? How am I thinking? What is it I'm doing? Where is my foot? Where is my arm? Where is my head? And that became a game changer for me, which really took yoga to the next level. And it's something that I like to talk about now in my classes. It's like the whole purpose of, of a yoga practice is to create awareness. And the way we create awareness is be focus and concentrate. The way we focus on concentrate is we stop thinking about other things. And so this is, has this really beautiful sink to getting into that space of, I'm not worried about what happened yesterday. I'm not concerned about what's coming up tomorrow. I'm really here in this moment. Yeah, I, I love that. There's so much to unpack in there you just shared. So I want to come back to what you just laid out about the focus and awareness that comes with a steady yoga practice. Well, let's go back to 2013. You're in your garage. You're, you're doing this online. When did you start exploring other yoga studios? And when did you ultimately get certified to teach? Like, where did your path go from, we're going from the garage to a, somebody else's class to actually Dave being a yoga teacher? So I think as things evolved, my brother-in-law, who is actually responsible for where I am today as a studio owner and a teacher and a lead instructor for a yoga school, he's what brought me into the hot room practice. And so we worked together. We had a corporate job and we sat, our desks were right next to each other. And he would make it a point to come in early and leave early so he could go to yoga. And I used to kind of snub my nose at him like, oh, man, you're going to go do some stretching. And he's like, man, you should you should come with me. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm doing my own practice. I'm kind of in my own thing. I'm doing my garage thing. He's like, one of these days, you're going to come with me. Well, that day finally came. And it was another one of those entrance experiences to this practice is that when you get into a hot room space, it's like next level. And there was something that happened in that hot room that it was like, 
man, every time I come to this practice, something is new and something is significant and something drives me a little bit deeper. So my brother Nelson, he brought me into the practice and we probably practiced together on and off for maybe a year. And then I took a job overseas. So I packed up my family. I rented my house. I threw all of my things in storage. And for about a year, my family and I, we lived in Austria. After that post ended, it was a two-year position, and I retired a little bit early from that post. On the way home, I looked up the yoga studio that we were practicing at, and I noticed there was a teacher training. And because we were coming home, and I didn't have a job, and I didn't know what I was going to do next, I looked over at my wife sitting next to me, who was half asleep and not necessarily comfortable, and I was forcing her to come back home to a place that she wasn't really sure she wanted to be. And I looked at her and said, Hey, I think I'm going to do teacher training. And she says, Hey, I think you're crazy, but okay. So I landed back home, went back to that studio and applied to be in the 200 hour teacher trainer program. And that evolved into just this world of yoga for me. And so that 200 hour training really introduced me to what the surface level stuff is what yoga is about. And, you know, it was an introduction to anatomy and physiology. It was an introduction to the history and the philosophy of yoga. It was an introduction into types of yoga and sequencing of yoga and the postures of yoga, yoga lab. And all of these things was just mind blowing to me because it was all new. It was all new stuff. And I was loving deep diving. So I was doing this 200 hour training, which was two days a week. And we were getting back on our feet and my kids were going back to school. And about halfway through, I looked at my wife one night at dinner and I said, you know, maybe you want to do this practice because I was really learning something significant about myself and and the exercises and the self-study and what we were doing as far as learning the lineages and, and what all this stuff means and how it helps you uncover the person that you are inside. And I thought it would be great for my wife because she was also at a place where she needed something new and she needed a transition. So fast forward about a year, I finished my training and then she jumps into three months of her training and she had a very similar experience. First of all, when you get into a group of people in a yoga school environment, you start to peel back the layers and lots of things start to come out. So you have a level of trust that starts to form within the group that you go to training with. And to her benefit, she found some of the most incredible people that she could have ever met and that are still her best friends to this day. So she felt uh, very seen and, and very nourished. And to that point, she loved it. And so not only was it she's learning all these great things about the practice of yoga, which on the outside, we all thought was very physical, but turns out to be like very emotionally stimulating, very spiritually stimulating, very intellectually stimulating. We were like we were back in college. It was like we were learning new subjects and thrown into all of this stuff one more time. You were in a state of flow, both of you guys. State of flow, exactly. So this is like around 2016, 2017. So that is 2018 when we're both in training. Yeah, so that training curtailed on... The end of 2018, and then we both did a 300-hour training after that. So within a year and a half, we completed 500 hours of teacher training ourselves. So we catapulted ourselves into this lifestyle for sure. 
it sounds like you went into teacher training as like personal enrichment, like, hey, I'm curious, I'm into this stuff. You did not go into it thinking you'd be a full-time teacher or owning a studio, right? It was never my initiative. It was only to unpack the practice for me. Never, never had any aspirations of teaching class, but knew that I wanted to learn more about it. And it wasn't until getting actually through 500 hour training that I was comfortable getting into that public setting of teaching class. And did you feel that there was a little bit of a something missing in your corporate life that wasn't there that really, when you started to have this intuition, these feelings about not only what yoga can do, but what you could do with yoga for others, were you sort of like, bingo? That was the game changer for me. And actually one of the first classes is, in fact, it was a project for my 500 hour training is that I had to have a special populations project. And my special populations was men to try to bring yoga to men. So as part of that training, I had to come up with a, a plan and execute the plan. And my goal was to travel around to weightlifting gyms, CrossFit gyms, fitness centers, and start to cultivate some sort of male-dominated practice. And that was pretty easy for me to do. You know, what I did is I walked into the gyms and I talked to the, the fitness directors or the head coaches and I said, hey, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm here to offer something that is supplementary to all of the strength training that you're doing. Do you mind if I offer a free class? And several gyms took me up on it. And in that time, I developed great relationships with men to do things that I think were perceived as being soft and suddenly became something that they added into their practice routine, their mobility routine, or their flexibility maintenance routine. So in those early experiences, and I know that you've been full steam ahead with all this stuff since then, what is your impression for how men are drawn to yoga and what's your belief for why they still have a bit of an aversion to it, even in this day and age where more guys are getting into it? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I think brings men to yoga is they're talked into it by their partner. You know, the, 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 the wives of the girlfriends say, hey, I want to go to breakfast, and but first we're going to go to yoga, and you're going to come with me, and just kind of that's how it works. And, and I know a lot of men that that was kind of their first introduction. So they're usually kind of egged into the practice, and maybe because men don't seek the practice because of the stigma that it is a little bit soft and it is a little bit stretchy and guys want to get a good pump and they want to hit the weights. And so I feel like there's a miss there. And, and for me, what I've learned is that yoga is a physical practice and you can get what you want out of it. If you want something really challenging and physical, it's all right there for you. If you need something that's a little more soft and gentle and gives you a little space to open up, the same practice can be used in that regard as well. And so I think it amounts to education and what we can help disseminate to the general public about what this practice has to offer for men. I think many of them are realizing it's not just for women, like it's for guys too. I think where there's still the challenge is why they should be doing it. Like what's the benefits? What are the reasons for doing it? And because they still see it as a physical practice, they're probably like, well, it's not really running or cycling. It's not weightlifting. It's not CrossFit. 
It's not golf. It's not tennis. And that's all the stuff that I do. And I don't have any more time for it. Like, I think there's a, still a missing gap in like, what's the value proposition for why you should be doing yoga? And some of that really is quite subjective. Like once you get into it, you're like, oh, this is now I totally realize how this helps me. But I think sometimes they need a little assistance in recognizing the benefits. And so my question to you is actually on that note, what do you think the physical benefits are? We know that you and I know there's other benefits as well, but just right out of the gates, what, what, do, you, what do you think are like the two or three physical benefits of doing yoga? Well, I think that the physical benefits are actually quite profound. And I think one thing that I've learned is that a good sound yoga practice is kind of centered around the foundation of fitness. I call them the pillars of fitness. It's strength, balance, stamina, flexibility. You're moving with your breath. That's a little bit of cardiovascular endurance, which could be minor, but it's definitely moving with your breathing. So you find the five pillars of fitness. And in that, you can find a place that's a little different than just like the bro pump at the gym because something as challenging as holding a chair pose for 60 seconds will kind of get you to that place like it's kind of a, a heavy leg day. So the benefits of a physical practice really kind of teach you about your body and teach you about how much can you endure and knowing that the place that you endure your challenges is really more about where your mind is and really where you may have other challenges in your life. And lots of times we work out because we want to blow off stress anyway. So I think the phys physical benefits are many and they're surrounded around the pillars of fitness. But there's another element there. And I think that is where maybe men shy away from this practice. And that's the softer side or the more supple side. And so when your body starts to kind of wear down and you start to get into that space. And one of my teachers talks about a yin practice being to bask in your own feelings and emotions. There's a place that after you work out really hard, you kind of get into that layer of your body where you're noticing things that you've never felt in any other physical exertion. T totally. And, and from my experience, I'm curious if you feel the same way. Some of it can feel quite gratifying. In fact, a lot of it is quite gratifying, but some of it can be releasing some trauma and tension or some holding, and you're a little bit depleted. You need a little time to recover. There's a, like a little bit of a malaise or a little bit of down energy, but it actually is still healing, even though it doesn't feel uplifting. I have been known to be the last person to get off the floor in the hot room because you are in that space. And sometimes I refer to it as being yoga stoned. You're like just so in a space where you're just kind of out of it. And like you say, you're, you're depleted, but you're feeling uplifted. You've been smashed and you've put it, you know, especially in the hot room, you've, you've left all of it literally on your mat but somehow you feel invigorated and there's this like really sweet spot in between. And I feel that when a man finally gets to that space in a yoga practice, they're hooked. And I know a lot of men and there's a lot of men that frequent our studio. And sometimes there's a population that there's more dudes than there are girls in that room. And that feels awesome. And yeah. you can definitely see how that's kind of taking hold for sure. So let me shift over to the mental aspects. 
If someone asked Dave, what are two or three of the mental benefits that you would get through a practice, through a sustained practice or a practice over time, what would you say those are? Yeah, well, I think the mental benefits can be profound in in a lot of different ways. And you brought up an interesting point about facing some of your past history and whether that's trauma or whether that's disease or sickness, there's something that gets captured in our head in the way of this repetitive monkey mind and thinking that we are challenged by who we are or how we show up. And so I think some of the mental aspects of yoga really start to unpack how we deal with our feelings and how we bring ourselves forward into the world. How well can we give and receive love? How well can we handle and deal with our own anger? How well can we process emotions instead of reacting in a certain way? How can we be mindful and start to learn how to respond? And so I feel like the mental aspects really start to overtake the physical aspects. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a game about becoming aware and how you you hold yourself, how you present yourself. My wife often gives me a little look when I get a little tense or a little anxious or there's a topic that's challenging for me. I start to clench my fists and I put my thumb in between my fingers and I wrap up my fist real tight and I curl up my arm And I don't even know that I'm doing it, but it starts to become this little mental game that if I'm not being aware of how I'm holding my posture or my body, what else am I not being aware of? And so the mental benefits start to kind of blend into the physical benefits of just being aware of all the things that I'm feeling and noticing. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we're like really fired up and excited about something because we got some great news you got or the bonus or whatever it is. Sometimes even when you're joyous in a great place, you kind of have to pay attention. You start to identify what you're feeling, and then you choose and decide how you want to react, if at all. And then that gives you way more sense of agency or control of what's happening to you. Yeah, I think there's a sweet spot between reacting and responding. And something about a response is rooted in being very cool, calm, and collected reacting, whether to to the great news or the bad news, is kind of just, it's, we're not aware. We're not being self-aware. And that's exactly what we're trying to improve. Yeah, that's a great distinction. So the spiritual existential benefits, I know this is kind of like more of a woo-woo topic for probably guys to consider, but have there been any spiritual benefits for you throughout this practice? A hundred percent, actually. And that is probably what has been the most profound about all of this is a spiritual aspect. I have had the challenge in my life of creating a relationship with the creator of my understanding. And through the practice of yoga, I have felt the feeling of divinity and I have felt the feeling of oneness with my creator. And so there has been a real opening, the pearly gates, if you will, of a real spiritual side to the yoga practice. And it's taken me a while to to understand it and unpack it a little bit, but through some help of some instructors, I'm learning how to develop my relationship with God 
which started with my yoga practice. And I know my grandmother would roll in her grave if she heard <laughs> me say that, but it's really helped me understand the connection between the divine and myself and that they're not separate. They're one and the same. And so that that's a beautiful part of this practice. And it's a piece that will never get old. And although my physical practice will slowly start to break down and I'm not going to be able to do kind of the fun, challenging, physical, heavy postures, I'll always be able to develop that softer side and continue to develop my relationship with God. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. I, and I also feel like when we can't do some of the things we used to do, there's a practice in learning to let go of being able to, you know, bench 240 or run for 45 minutes or play hockey or whatever physical activity you relate to. But the beauty of having this practice, starting it when you're in your 30s or 40s or even 50s, you at least can set yourself up for having the most optimal life as far as you can influence, good balance, lower stress, better sleep, being more self-aware in your retirement. As you get older, it's like the Hemingway quote, you start to go broke slowly and then all of a sudden you go broke instantly. And I think with people's health, I think all of a sudden it seems like overnight your health just absolutely collapses. And I think for guys particularly, you get into yoga in your midlife and you keep moving and that keeps you young and humble and grateful. And, you know, we all want to be included to the retirement activities when we're older and not be the frustrated old guy who's just a pain in the ass with everyone he interacts with. So like, I think that's the underlying sort of silver lining of learning to let go of some of the physical aspects. For sure. And I think that there's a few things that goes along with that. And it's actually, I don't think I would have found this had I discovered this practice earlier. And that's what I like to refer to the qualities of a yoga practice. You know, the qualities that make up our character, we see on the mat. So if we're really combative or we're really competitive, if we're really, you know, challenged by other people, we see that show up in our yoga practice. But if we can find qualities of humility, qualities of gratitude, qualities of forgiveness, qualities of love, like those are muscles that are worth strengthening and they can't ever get too big or too strong. And so those qualities take this practice outside of the yoga room and they start to help you walk the path and not just, you know, learn the path. You're actually walking the path. You're, you're talking the talk and walking the walk. Yeah. There was a, another Warriors at Ease guy that I interviewed named Mark Felker and he was a former U.S. Marine who flew Cobra choppers for 20 years. And he, he had some comment about how it's not just learning to tolerate other people that annoy you, it's learning to be kind to them. And I think that kind of hits on what you were sharing about developing those emotional muscles to be patient, to be considerate, to be selfless. And even though it seems like you're doing a lot for the other person, you're ultimately doing it for yourself and the loved ones around you. And I think that's just like has a, a multiplier effect in your own heart and also the community around you over time. So Dave, I got my last question for you here, and this is probably one that we could spend another hour on just talking, but a theme that you've hit several times, and I feel like it's the crux of how you view your practice is about developing that focus and awareness and learning to quiet those thoughts and really 
connect your mind with the body, with your present moment. How have you seen the men in the community around Sweat Yoga in Albuquerque, your studio there, how have you seen this practice transform the men that you interact with at a da- on a daily basis and made them better? That's a great question. What I have seen in the transition of men is to be more accepting. And I think that they are not only accepting of of themselves and and how they show up. I often say, you know, your yoga practice kind of meets you wherever you're at. And men are humbled. Men are humbled in the hot room. Men are humbled by a challenging class. Men are humbled by watching smaller little women crush a yoga practice when these guys are really struggling in down dog and a couple yogi push-ups is like a lot harder than some 225 bench pressing that i think there's a, a, a level of acceptance that there is a place for men in the community of yoga and then that starts to blossom and there starts to become this like ripple effect that i'm going to bring my bros and i'm going to bring all the guys after work and you know rather than going and drinking beer at the bar or going to watch a football game we're going to go do some hot yoga and then we're going to go have some coffee and you know what we might even do some journaling and we might read some spiritual texts and boy that starts to take a mind of its own and you start to create a new culture and that's what i'm seeing happen at sweat yoga studio for us is that the guys are eating this stuff up and they want more of it yeah. And, and even if they just come to class and do a practice, they may never get to the sutras, you know, but even if they're coming to the practice, they're not at O'Callaghan's pub down the street. They're not doing other things. They're working on themselves. And I do hope that a lot of those guys, not only their heart and their mind, but their intellect being stimulated by all the things that yoga can be. I mean, is a doorway into so many other things. It doesn't just have to be yoga. And if you develop a habit and a practice of yoga, it's very easy to build other good habits on top of that. Dave, I got to say, man, it's been great to connect with you finally. I appreciate your commitment to this practice, your curiosity, your humble nature in wanting to absorb more and the energy you bring to it. And I also want to note that you have some really thoughtful, amazing posts on Instagram, Yoga with Dave. And it reflects another appreciation and dedication to thinking about ways to communicate your experience with yoga and the things that you're seeing with others. So I think it's awesome. Thanks again, man. Thank you, Derek. Totally grateful and humbled for the opportunity. So this was one of the most complete stories we've shared in the podcast yet. You know, we keep these short for a reason. We're all busy. There's a lot of distractions out there. Yet it's rare to have someone speak to the physical, mental, and spiritual benefits as completely and clearly as Dave does, and in a pretty succinct way. You know, I think a lot of this has to do with how committed, curious, and open he is with his practice. It's really where you'll start finding the benefits and seeing how this stuff works. And it's also not hard to see how far his awareness game has come since that class in Mexico a decade ago. 